Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Tuesday, October 4th, 5.47 a.m. Central Time as I speak here. December corn futures up one at 681 and three quarters. November soybeans up five at 1379. December Chicago wheat up five and a quarter at 917 and a quarter. December Kansas City wheat up 10 and a quarter at 999. December spring wheat up eight at 988. If you guys are listening on the podcast, appreciate it. Leave me a rating or review on that Apple podcast app in particular. If you're watching on YouTube, guys, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure you hit the like button. Leave me a comment. Give me a crop update, yield update, any sort of opinion on anything that I say here. All of those things will help YouTube to help me to grow this channel. If you'd like some additional information from me, go to my website, www.standardgrain.com. Check out my premium subscription service, guys. I send my premium subscribers a ton of information direct from me every single business day. Morning email goes out about 5.30 a.m. Central. In that email, you'll see all the overnight headlines you need to be aware of, charts, graphics, weather information, all of my grain marketing recommendations. My daily subscriber-only videos are part of this deal. Yesterday, I did kind of a different uh, view on the grain stocks report. I kind of simplified everything. I put everything in percentage terms. Uh, For example, what percentage of uh, last year's U.S. corn crop are farmers still holding on the farm? Things along those lines. Uh, I kind of tried to present this in a way that is not normally presented to you guys and give you a little bit different view. I had a lot of positive feedback on this. Uh, If you guys are interested in this sort of content, there's new stuff every day. Uh, Sign up today, 50 bucks a month, cancel at any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else. This is just an information-only service, guys. Uh, We've got a pretty dry forecast for the U.S. Corn Belt and the Mississippi Delta in particular, which is really a double-edged sword. So here's the radar this morning. You got a little bit of rain over Nebraska and parts of South Dakota, parts of um, Minnesota here, but there's not going to be any like big widespread sweeping system here over the next week. This is expected rainfall in total over the next seven days, and you're talking you know, maybe half an inch of rain uh, at best for some of these areas of the Corn Belt. Uh, your six to 10 day forecast is is leaning dry or favoring odds of below normal precipitation. So this is a double-edged sword here. The, the, the first implication is this, uh, harvest is ongoing. You're not going to see very many rain-related delays, if any. Uh, This weather is very conducive to ongoing harvest activity. The flip side is that water levels on the Mississippi River are at 10-year lows. Barge rates continue to spike. Uh, The National Weather Service predicts that levels near Memphis uh, on the river will reach their second lowest level on record Uh, by October 13th, so just later this month. Uh, USDA said last week that 1,890 grain barges have unloaded in New Orleans since September 1st. That's a decline of 39% versus last year. So yeah, this is good for harvest activity, but it's not good for this river situation, and and we need to see some improvement there. There's just no rain in the forecast. Uh, It doesn't look like there's any relief in sight. This has already had basis implications. It's already had, I think, uh, grain spread implications when you look at the spreads on the board, and it could could have export implications if it goes on long enough. So uh, this is an issue that uh, bears watching. The other issue here with this dry forecast, of course, is drought. I mean, you've got ongoing and persistent drought in the southern plains. It's bleeding into the western corn belt, even parts of the central corn belt, certainly a lot of areas of the west. I mean, the whole western part of the country has been drought stricken on and off for a long time. So this uh, weather here in the United States, the dry weather, uh, is an issue for a number of reasons, I suppose. 
Rains in Brazil have slowed soybean planting there. Now, these rains are a good thing, but they have slowed planting a little bit. As of last Thursday, the crop was 3.8% planted versus 4.1% last year. That's according to well-followed private group Ag Rural. That group said in a report, the progress during the week was not bad, but sowing could have been faster if it weren't for constant rains. Uh, the rains are welcome. A good chunk of, of, of Brazilian soybean areas had been dry. Stonex, which is a well-followed private group, they've got the Brazilian soybean crop pegged at a whopping 153.8 million metric tons uh, this week. That would be a new record by a wide margin. Even USDA's current estimate of 149, that would be a new record for a wi- by a wide margin. The prior record was uh, 139.5. Uh, which was harvested in 2021. To put this in perspective, a crop of 153.8 in Brazil would be 22% larger than this year's U.S. crop. So they're just predicting a monster, but of course you need the uh, weather to cooperate. The United Nations claims that the U.S. Federal Reserve and other central banks are pushing the global economy into a recession. Uh, The U.N. had an annual report out on the global economy. They said that the Fed risks causing significant economic harm to developing countries if rapid interest rate hikes continue. A U.N. economist said this. There's still time to step back from the edge of recession. We have the tools to calm inflation and support all vulnerable groups. But the current course of action is hurting the most vulnerable, especially in developing countries and risks tipping the world into a global recession. There were some rumors yesterday about like an emergency Fed meeting that some people said would result in a rate cut. Uh, Those rumors were unfounded, of course. Uh, Fed officials appear to be really sticking to their guns here. Powell said recently, we are very aware of what's going on in other economies around the world and what that means for us and vice versa. The forecasts that we put together, that our staff puts together and that we put together on our own, always take all of that and try to take it into account. So uh, the Fed is aware of this, but they're not going to back off the way that it looks. And uh, part of the deal with these interest rates and, and our high rates here and, and the more aggressive hikes that we've done in the United States, they've made the U.S. dollar really strong and they've made other global currencies really, really weak as a result. So we're kind of like exporting our inflation to other countries, if you want to put it that way, uh, through the currency moves. So there's a lot of implications here. And the United Nations is absolutely correct about this. I just don't think the Fed uh, cares. I think the Fed, again, they kind of have their blinders on there. They're only interested in taming inflation and restoring price stability. Uh, U.S. equity markets did ramp Rally sharply yesterday to begin a new quarter. The Dow Jones gained 765 points, 2.7%. The S&P gained 2.6%. That was the best day for the S&P, I believe, since July 27th. Uh, Treasury yields declined. Yield on the 10-year declined to 3.65% after topping above 4% last week. This is kind of a recovery rally. Uh, The S&P was down more than 9% in September. We had some manufacturing data out yesterday that was weaker than expected, uh, along with some construction data leading some to believe that the Fed may not be as aggressive with rate hikes. So it's like bad news is good news, I guess. I don't know if the Fed cares, honestly. Maybe it's just a new quarter, new money type thing. Uh, U.S. corn harvest is ongoing. The crop is 20% harvested nationally, up from 12 last week, below the 22% average. Uh, States that have harvested half of the crop or more include Texas, Kansas, Kentucky, Tennessee, and North Carolina. A lot of uh, your big corn growing states in that 10 to 20% range in terms of harvest uh, activity. Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, South Dakota, Michigan, all in that 10 to 20% range. 
Crop is 75% mature nationally in corn versus 58 last week, 75 on average. Soybean harvest, 22% complete, up from 8 last week, below the 25% average. States that have harvested 25% or more of the soybean crop include Louisiana, Mississippi, Arkansas, North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Iowa, and Minnesota. USDA says 81% of the crop is dropping leaves versus 63 last week, 79 on average. Winter wheat planting continues, 40% planted versus 31 last week, 44 on average, a little bit behind average here. Most of your states in the Southern Plains and the Northwest have made uh, some significant progress. Things just getting going in the Midwest with the SRW crop. USDA indicated that 15% of the winter wheat crop was emerged versus nine last week, 17 on average. Spring wheat harvest about wrapped up. The cattle market was able to rally, recover, whatever you want to call it yesterday. Uh, not much to speak of in the cash market. In the outside markets today, the U.S. dollar is weaker. The S&P is up 64 points. The Dow's up 432, so a big extension of yesterday's uh, rally in the stock market. Bonds up almost a full handle. Gold's up 15 bucks. Crude oil up 65 cents, 84.26 last in the November WTI. We're looking for an OPEC production cut, uh, I believe, tomorrow. Everybody have a great day today. I will talk to you guys Wednesday morning.